The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. That is correct. Welcome. Join us for the next half hour on the Employment Law Show. Lots to be learned here. John Scholes, along with my co-host, employment lawyer, of course, uh, Lior Sanfiru, courtesy Sanfiru to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country, reaching out to Lior and his team. They're always ready to talk to you privately, have a lengthier conversation. Really simple, really simple. 1-855-821-5900 anytime and help at employmentlawyer.ca. There is also a website built just for you. It'll give you all kinds of tips and information about your work life, everything concerning your career, your job, your uh, your workplace, your employer as well. So feel free to read up uh, freely and anonymously. There's also the severance calculator rolled into that website as well. Two million plus have used the calculator to have their, uh, their eyes open as what severance really should be. On the show this evening, guys, sorry, you're not actually an independent contractor. We're going to cover that here in just a bit. Very glad and very happy to have the boss man manning the phones. Our good pal Patrick Malkin there, who, uh, man, that guy runs a tight shipwreck. So make sure you uh, talk to Patrick when you call in and uh, get on the air and ask your questions. So we're ready for you. We're ready. But we always start off with the case of the day, pal. What do you got? Well, we got to keep uh, Mr. Patrick busy. So, uh, you know, make him work. Otherwise, that guy is going to just sit there and not do anything. So call us now and, and make him take your calls and Give us a chance to talk employment law, right? This it's, it's that time of the day where we talk employment law. And we talk employment law because everyone listening pretty much, I'm sure, has a job, right? You, ha- you have a job, you work, whether it's full-time, part-time, whether you're in a senior position or junior position, you have a job. So you need to know your rights. You need to know what to do if there's a problem. You need to know what to do if something bad happens. And this is the time, this is the show where we talk about what to do, what to say, and what the law is. And John, let me give you an example. Let me talk about a situation that came across my desk today where, Mm -hmm. you know, someone was in a bad situation, but I told them what needs to be done. So this uh, person actually, unfortunately, was diagnosed uh, some months ago with cancer and had to undergo some aggressive treatment. And of course, as a result, had to be off work. Gave his employer the doctor's no telling him I'm going to need to be off work uh, while I'm getting treatment. Fine, no problem. Went off work, got some treatment was a struggle, but amazing news, great news, got better. Uh, Cancer is in remission and is better now, ready to go back to work, cleared back. So calls his employer and says, yeah, I've been off for the last seven or eight months, but I'm ready to come back to work uh, and and at your service. Employer says, well, wait a second. We haven't heard from you for the last seven or eight months. Uh, You never told us anything. We assumed you'd quit, you'd moved on. Uh, You didn't tell us. If you told us that you planned on coming back to work, then yeah, we would have kept your job, but we didn't. So you quit as far as we're concerned. Uh, what a way to treat someone uh, in that situation. My gosh. So this guy calls me, of course, and he wants to know, well, w- w- did I do something wrong here? You know, I was sick. I was getting treatment. I want to go back to work. What, what happened here? So let's be very clear, okay? An employer cannot treat an employee that's off on a, on a medical leave as having resigned. An employee that's not working because of a medical condition has one thing to worry about, and that is to get better, to get healthy, to focus on what their doctor says. They cannot and should not worry about their employer. Now, if their employer has a question, if they need an update, they can ask. They can contact the person and ask them. If uh, they don't do that, they can't then say, well, you resigned employee. So in this case, of course he didn't resign. 
So what we're looking at here is a human rights violation, John. What we're looking at here is a wrongful dismissal. It's illegal. So bottom line is this. If you're not able to work because of a medical condition, get that doctor's note. That means you can be off work as long as you need to. As long as your doctor says you need to be off, you, you're not, you haven't quit. You can't be fired because of it. You can't be threatened. And if your employer does anything to you in that situation, give me a call and I'll make sure that uh, the matter gets resolved. We'll get to uh, Alex, who's been standing by for a moment. Hey, Alex, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, brother. What's, uh, what's on your mind? I joined a company back in 2015. Uh, they brought me on as a consulting, uh, as a consulting basis. And, uh, you know, we worked, I worked there every day and pretty much an employee from 2015 to 2020 when COVID hit. And I've never been called back since, even though I've expressed many times I'm eager to return. Uh, they haven't called me back and just wondering if they owe me severance. So here's the thing, Alex. If you work there since 2015, if you were working there, you know, essentially every day, that that means you are an employee. And it doesn't matter if they call you a consultant or a contractor. It doesn't matter uh, what paper you may have signed in that regard. You are an employee. You couldn't be more of an employee if you tried. That means that now your employment has been terminated because you haven't been called back to work. So that means you get severance. So we know you've been there since 2015. What kind of a job, Alex, and how old are you? Uh, It's a sales position. Uh, I'm 50 years old. So you're looking at 10 months or so of severance. That's what, and it could even be as high as 12 months. That's the amount of severance that's owed to you. So that's obviously a significant amount. So here's what I want you to do, Alex. I want you to connect with me off air. We'll give you that information in just a sec, call or email. We'll, we'll connect. I want to find out more about you, about this company, about your job, and then let me help you get what you wrote. Uh, they've never officially told me that I'm not coming back, but it feels like I've been fired without being fired. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't matter. First of all, the fact of, of even putting you on a, on a layoff it was a termination, and then certainly not calling you back at the end of July of, uh, of this year was the kind of the icing on the cake, if you will. So you've been terminated in the eyes of the law and you're absolutely owed severance. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate that. And I'll give you that number now to reach out to Lior and his team anytime and take it a little bit further. That is 1-855-821-5900. Alex, email if you prefer or as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. How many phone calls a day are you getting at the office as a result of this past COVID, this past two years, phone calls just like that. Listen, John, we we, uh, represent hundreds of people across the province in exactly that situation. But the good news is we resolve these cases every single day. So we're getting people the compensation that they're owed. So don't hesitate. If you're not working now, if your company didn't bring you back, put you on a layoff, not getting back to you, whatever the situation is, we can help. We can get you that severance and you can move on with that compensation. We'll take a short break. Lots more on the way. Email address anytime as well is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show continues. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Wednesday night edition, by the way, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You can catch this show, half hour of it. Lots of chances for you to uh, get the information 
information and become part of the show too, right? We always encourage your phone calls. And if we get to it, if we don't, that's fine. Much prefer the calls. Love talking to you. But sorry, you're not actually an independent contractor. That will be the talking points if uh, we get some time. Jackie, thank you for uh, taking the time tonight. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Doing well. What's on your mind? Um, I just gave a synopsis. I'm currently working. Uh, I've been working at the same company for two years now. And a couple of weeks ago, the vice president came to me and offered me a promotion, I guess you could say. He offered me, he provided three different options. I could either become a key accounts manager, increase my technical ability, and move up to a level three ISR, or he would sign my papers to release me. I took, initially I showed interest in the key accounts position, um, and after thinking about it, I decided that I want option number three for him to release me, and now he's asking me for a letter of resignation and saying that he doesn't owe me anything. So, Jackie, here's what you do. It's very simple. You tell him, uh, I, I want my original job, and I want to continue my original job unless you tell me that I can't do that. So uh, I'm not resigning. I am simply interested in my original job, full stop. Now, uh, one, of, one of a couple of things will happen here. Either they'll leave you in the original job or they'll say, no, no, you're gone, in which case they have to pay severance. Okay? But okay. if you simply say, I'm not, I don't want this job, so I'm leaving, you've, you've quit. So you're simply going to say, I'm not quitting. I am just interested in my original job. That's it. But Let that them act at that, that point. That wasn't an option for me. What's that? That wasn't one of the options provided. I understand. It, it doesn't matter what options they're giving you. They don't have a right to just change your job. So you're going to say, no, thank you. I appreciate the options, but I'm going to pick none of the above. I'm simply interested in, in continuing my job. And if you tell me I can't do that, well, that's on you to do that and up on you, employer, to do something about it. I want to continue in that role. Uh, okay. So let them let you go in that situation because then you're, you'd be out severance. And you've been there for a couple of years. Depending on the specific job and your age, it could be anywhere from three to six months of severance that you're owed. So we're, we're talking about a substantial amount. So no, you're not going to quit. Let them let you go in that situation so that you can get your severance. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Jackie. Thanks. Thanks, Jackie. Appreciate the time. And uh, to reach out any more questions, which I'm sure you'll have uh, with Lior anytime, one 821 5900 Email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that echoes what so many people think until they actually call in, right, Lior? They're like, no, no, I wasn't given that option. The employer holds all the cards. They know what's best or they know what the law is. So how, you know, I can't make a move here. Incorrect. Absolutely. Because an employer doesn't have a right to just decide to change your job. So you can say, I appreciate the options, but I'm not going to pick either of them. I'm going to continue my job until you tell me I'm not allowed to, in which case you've terminated my employment in that situation, right? It's not something that your employer can say, well, you can either pick option A or B. There's always option C, which is to continue in your job. I want to get to this, though, and uh, the topic is, sorry, you're not actually an independent contractor. Much of this may come as a surprise, not to our regular listeners and those who watch the TV show as well, but uh, for the newbies out there, they might not know exactly what this is all about, so we're going to enlighten them. Does it really matter if you're an employer or independent contractor? That's usually the first question you get, right? It matters. It matters significantly, and, and the reason why it matters is because employment laws and all the rights of employees only apply, guess, guess what, to employees. So 
you know, the laws with respect to overtime and vacation pay and severance, of course. Those laws only apply to employees. So if you're not an employee, you don't have those rights. In fact, for true independent contractors, the law stays out of it. The law says, hey, well, your employer doesn't have to, the company you work for doesn't have to give you anything other than pay what's been agreed to, no vacation, no overtime, nothing like that. So because of that, it's important to understand, do I have rights, i.e., am I an employee or not? Am I an independent contractor? And the key to remember, John, is the vast majority of people that think they're independent contractors are really employees in the eyes of the law, which means they have legal rights that they don't even appreciate. So let's break it down then for everybody who doesn't know what is an independent contractor. All right. And here's the key. The independent contractor is someone that is in business for him or herself. So an independent contractor really has a business. They're in the business of providing services. That means that they have customers or clients. If they really work for one company, that means they're not really running a business, right? So, you know, if you're a plumber, for example, you have several customers, right? You you go from diff- from house to house, you know, fixing their plumbing issues. That plumber is an independent contractor. That plumber has customers. He's marketing his services to, to try to get more customers. He decides what jobs he's going to do and when. He's deciding how much he's going to charge. He is deciding uh, what kind of forms of payment he'll accept. That's an independent contractor, someone that runs their business. On the other hand, if someone goes to work for a company, does what the company says, comes back the next day, does the same thing, has a company phone number and business card, guess what? That person is an employee. And it doesn't matter what they call themselves. It doesn't matter what they signed. So always ask yourself, am I like the plumber? I say plumber, but it can be any other type of a job. But just as an example, if you're like the plumber, you have customers, you, you provide services to many, then yeah, you're probably independent, an independent contractor. If you're not like the plumber, guess what? You are an employee. Again, 416-870-6400 to call in. you still got some time. If you're wondering about this topic or anything else, bring it on. We're always here to answer your calls. And some people are going to say, yeah, Lior, but uh, you know, I understand what you're saying. But uh, according to my, even myself and my employer, I'm an independent contractor because they're not deducting taxes. I take care of that on my own. Doesn't that make me a contractor? Absolutely not. The fact that the law has been violated because taxes are not deducted when they should be deducted doesn't mean that you're uh, a contractor. No, it does not matter. All that matters is, all that means is that something illegal is happening there. So let's be very clear. Whether the company deducts taxes, whether you pay the taxes yourself, whether you tell CRA that you're an independent contractor, none of that actually matters. What matters is the reality on the ground. What matters is, do you work and look like an employee? If you do, then you are an employee. One thing to remember, of course, is that if you're misclassified and you're paying your taxes like an independent contractor, you know, God help you if you ever get audited by CRA, because they'll come back and say, well, wait a second, all this time you've been telling us you're an independent contractor, we looked into it and you're really an employee, so you haven't been paying your taxes properly. So keep in mind, that is never an answer to say that, well, I pay my taxes like an independent contractor, therefore I am an independent contractor. It doesn't work that way. You mentioned the plumber a couple of minutes ago. Does it matter if you have your own company? Is, is there, does that make any difference? No, it really doesn't because keep in mind, it's very easy to incorporate, right? 
you pay a small fee, you fill out a couple of forms, and guess what? You've incorporated. You're now uh, John Inc., right? It's very easy to do that. The fact that you've done that doesn't mean that you're actually an independent contractor. Remember, what matters is the nature of the relationship between you and the company that you work for. So if I you know, uh, work at a factory nine to five on a, on a pressing machine, clearly I'm an employee. If I incorporate, this, that doesn't make me an independent contractor. It's, I'm still an employee. I just incorporated for no reason. So no, the fact that you've incorporated and, and you have your own company that, that uh, you operate under supposedly, that still does not even come close to making you an independent contractor. So, uh, so why does the law or why should the law interfere if it's like, you know, the employer's going, hey, I want to be an independent contractor and employees going, yeah, I want to be an independent contractor. Okay, well, hand, we'll shake on it. Good. We're all set to go. Why does it matter? Why does the law interfere? Well, that's a good question. But think how easy it would be for, for, the, for this situation to get abused if anyone can just be an independent contractor. If every company could simply hire just independent contractors, you know, I have 150 people working in my office across the country. You know, they're all employees, but think if I can make them all independent contractor, how good would that be? Well, the law is smarter than that because that means there will really be no employment laws anymore. Everyone could be an independent contractor. Uh, so it doesn't work that way. You know, an employer could then always avoid paying overtime and vacation pay and holiday pay and severance pay just by calling someone an independent contractor. The whole point of employment laws is to protect individuals, to protect employees. So to allow someone to skirt the law just by calling someone something different would completely fly in the face of employment law. That is why the law makes or takes it very seriously. And then there's going to be penalties for those individuals or for those companies that misclassify their workers, tax consequences, employment law consequences. So, yeah, the law certainly cares. And I think it absolutely should care. How common is it to see an employee that is mischaracterized as that independent contractor? I know, again, you get phone calls every day about this. And after the show, you're going to more people calling you, scratching their head, going, oh, I think I'm in a bit of trouble here. Listen, it, it is extremely common. The vast majority of people that call me, not sure if they're employees or contractors, are really employees. I don't have the plumber call me, right? The plumber knows that he's an independent contractor. The plumber that went to do a job for the Smith family today is not wondering if he's an employee of the Smith family. He knows that he's not. So most of the time when people call me, it's because they've been misclassified. They've been told they're independent contractors, but they know they're really not, right? They, they work regularly for a company. They take direction from a company. They only work for that one company. That means they're employees. And you know when this comes up most often for me is someone is let go. So a person is let go from their job and their employer says, oh, no, no, we don't have to pay you because you're an independent contractor. And they start thinking, hmm, am I really an independent contractor? And they call me and it turns out, no, no, you're not. You're actually an employee. Therefore, you're owed severance. And we had, the, I think it was Alex calling us earlier. He was let go after seven years and the company says he's an independent contractor. Well, no, he's an employee. He's worked there exclusively for them every day for seven years. He is an employee and he's going to be owed, you know, potentially as much as a year's severance. I've had people call me after 18 or 20 years of working for the same company and they're let go. Company pays them nothing because it says you're an independent contractor, except they're not. Severance has to be paid. And of course, it could be as much as 24 months pay, Johnny. Hey, Dave, thanks for taking the time here. Uh, what's your question? It's a, sort of a general question, but I think it would affect a lot of people, uh, more specifically with 
wait staff or people working for wage and tips, the tips portion. I'm wondering, because I've heard a lot of stories about people that have to tip out to other members of, of the establishment and in some cases tip a percentage of what they make, even if it's not what they actually made as tips. What, what's the general you know, law about tips and, and who gets to keep them and so on? So in terms of who gets to keep them, it's as long as an, an individual makes at least minimum wage while they're working, it's up to the employer to decide who keep, keeps the tips and you, do you tip out, do you not? Uh, as long as an, an, an employee gets minimum wage. Now, keep in mind, there's good business reasons and ethical reasons as to why you know, tips shouldn't be taken from those people that earn them. But from a legal standpoint, as long as the, the server makes at least minimum wage, anything above that is up to the company. Now, keep in mind that uh, the, the tips that the person does get do count as income, and that's important for tax purposes. It's also important for severance purposes, because if a server is let go, they're owed severance based on their total compensation, which includes salary plus tips. So that's just some general thoughts as to how tips are treated. Okay, bring Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Going to move on to uh, Sharik. Hi, Sharik. Thank you for uh, taking a moment. How are you? Good, fine. Thank you. Good. What's your question? So my question is regarding, uh, with reference to the same contractor versus employee discussion, more around sales agents. Um, sure. It's a common practice to hire a salesperson as a sales agent. Um, they go out, make the sale. They have their own timings. They go out to the customer base um, and then if they have an order, they submit it, they get a commission on that. Is that or would that fall in the same category as an employee as well? So if that sales agent only works for you and not no one else, if that sales agent takes directions from you, if they represent themselves as being part of your organization, maybe they have a business card and a phone number with you, then yes, they are employees. It doesn't matter what you call them. On the other hand, if they provide services to a number of companies, if it's clear that they're not your employee and not part of your team, then they would be uh, a, a contractor. So, you know, that's what I mean. The key is, are they working for you exclusively or are they not? Make sense? Yes, makes sense. And so just a follow-up quick question to that one. Uh, you mentioned the fact that, you know, just because you're not paying taxes doesn't make you an independent contractor because that's, right. that's a different discussion. But in some cases, the salespersons or the sales agents do not want to be treated as an employee because of the taxation reasons. What is the fallback for that? Well, I mean, of course they don't. No one wants to pay more taxes, but that doesn't mean it's, it's legal. It's like someone saying, yeah. pay me under the table because I don't want to pay taxes. It's illegal, right? I mean, if you do it, maybe you get away with it, maybe you're not, but ultimately it's illegal. It's the same thing paying someone as, an, as a contractor when they're not really a contractor. It's simply illegal. If you didn't get on the air and you're standing by, that's okay. You can do two things. Follow up with Lior now uh, when you get off the phone and, and leave a message and talk to Lior uh, tomorrow as well and his team. That's one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Email your questions as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The Employment Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.